Welcome to Dropping Gems. I'm your host, Julian Saluda. And today's episode is one of those episodes that I've been waiting for. Personally, I'm so excited for this. A lot of my friends have been asking me, when are you going to do this episode? And after many, many phone calls, he finally picked up the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, you probably know him as Mac Daddy. We have Angel Moreno. So the purpose of the show is to take you back to before you were Mac Daddy. Mm -hmm. So Angel, where are you from? So I'm kind of from a lot of different places. So I was born in Inglewood and then when I was a baby, um, so my parents are Salvadorian. My parents are from El Salvador. And when I was born, my mom decided that they wanted to move back to El Salvador. So we moved back to El Salvador for a couple of years. And I think my mom kind of just realized that like after having a baby, like it just wasn't gonna work out out there the way that she thought. So then we moved back to the States and I basically grew up in Rialto slash Riverside. I say Rialto slash Riverside because it was Rialto um, up until I was about like, like seven or eight, I would say. Do you know where Rialto is? No. You, you I don't. just know it's you a Riverside. You, you don't want to know. Do you guys know Why? where Rialto is? No? I mean, Rialto is literally so hood. Like, it, it, it is really, like, not a very safe place. Like, it is just, it's just, it's very rough out there. Um, How long were you living in Rialto for? I mean, we were there literally, I would say, like, most of, like, my, my childhood, like, being, like, a young like a young child like i remember um my parents bought a house in rialto and when my parents um divorced my parents uh split up when i was around like 11 then we moved into this like apartment complex and i'll never forget it because we were literally um on this street called jackson street in rialto mm -hmm. and it was this like street that was like super super hood super super just like just dangerous like we couldn't even get pizza delivered to our street because just like pizza drivers wouldn't come so to our street. So how would you order pizza? Well, I wouldn't, I, we wouldn't order pizza. I would how, have to how like, do you, go get how it. How do you know that a pizza can't drive there? Because we would try to order it and they literally would be like, we do not deliver to this address. <sighs> because there was always like shootings and drive-bys and it was oh, just wow. like really, really rough. So it was just like a crazy, a crazy kind of like time. And yeah, I just remember like being there and then, you know, my mom kind of had to like do what she had to do as far as like making ends meet because my dad wasn't around anymore. And then we ended up moving to Riverside. So I say Riverside, I say Rialto Riverside, Rialto childhood, Riverside, like what I would say more of like what I really remember, kind of more like my middle school going into high school, that was Riverside. Um, but it was still kind of like not like Riverside in like the good places. It was still kind of like Riverside, like in the bad places. And if you're like from the IE, you know that Riverside is huge. There's like a lot of different parts of Riverside. Um, but if you're familiar with like Rubido, you know that that's like not the nice part of Riverside. So growing up there was really, really rough because it was, you know, just not a, a, a safe place to be. And, you know, this was like back, back, back in the day. I'm 30 years old. So imagine, you know, being like 14, 15, like 15 years ago and kind of like, where society was and just like, just how things were and, and how closed off things were. You know, it was really rough kind of like growing up and being Hispanic and being gay and being all these things and not really having a lot of people to talk to because 
there was no one around that was like me, you know? Of course. And I, I always felt super outcasted. Time, around this time, you were, I guess, in the hood. Yeah, as you would bas- say. basically. Were you yeah. doing makeup at this time or you were just... You know what's crazy is, so I got my first job at 14. I was literally at the mall with my friends and we were walking by this kiosk and this girl was like, hey, like, you know, I like your look. Like, are you looking for a job? And I was like, I mean, I know, but I mean, tell me more, you know? Yeah, literally at 14. But I've always been a little hustler, but literally at 14 and she's like, okay, cool. Like, uh, we're hiring and we pay cash. And I was like, ooh, Even pay better. cash. Under okay. the table. Yeah. So I was literally 14 years old, but I lied and I said I was 16. And she was like, you know, we're doing group interviews. Come back like this day, this time. We're all black, blase, blase, blase. So I was like, cool, whatever. Uh, came back for the group interview and I ended up like getting the job. It was a kiosk where we sold uh, hair tools. So we sold oh, wow. like flat irons. We sold like hair curlers. It was like all like hot Wait, tools. So you're one of those dudes. Yes, in the middle of the mall. <laughs> oh, my in the middle of the mall, being annoying, asking you to stop to like how do, try. How do you how do you stop someone it. from like walking to go shopping? Right? Like, what do you? What's your like? You know what's your what I'm talking about? What's it's your, like, no, what's it's, your like, it's like the people you walk by and you're like on the phone. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the type of thing. I was that person. Someone's walking to me. I'm like, no, thank you. Like, how do you? engage with somebody you know what and it waste was? their time. You know what it was is, I don't know, like, I feel like I've always been, like, a people person. I've always just, like, loved to entertain just across the board. Like, I just love entertaining. I love, I just, I just love entertaining just overall. And I remember we'd, like, play music at the kiosk. Like, we had, like, a little boombox. Like, we'd play music. <laughs> we'd, like, dance. We'd sing. We'd just, like, <laughs> just be acting up. You, you know how I've I am. There, yeah. You know how yeah. I am, Julian. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know we have our moments when you come oh, when you come to do the house calls at 3 a.m. and I'm singing Trey songs and oh, dancing everywhere. Listen, dude. Literally. There's not a night where I'm doing I've the house call like with Angel. I've always been like that. And it's not... He's just very... One time we were working out. We were working we out. We were working out. We were out. really working out. And it's I'll true. never forget that. It's true. Shout we out to doing, Kanye. It was a workout we were plan doing like the, We were doing the, the, and, the bicycle on, listen, on the chairs. We were doing chairs. abs on the stool. And he was like, and this was, this was during quarantine. And he was talking about like, yeah. I should just do a workout video and do mm-hmm. some of the in-place running. I know. And I remember leaving yeah. that house call and I yeah. was sweating out of my mind. I no, was like, we literally were sweating <laughs> after it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've just always been like that. Like, it's just always been like, just me. And of course. like, that's just like, people would like stop and like stare. And then as soon as I got their attention, I'd be like, oh, like, come here. Like, let me show you this. Like, let me talk to you. And it would just, it, I just had a way with like selling. Like, I, I'm really grateful for that job because I feel like it molded me and prepared me for a lot of things that I do now, you know, as far as like my career now with like, with makeup and beauty and making videos and, and speaking to product in a way where, you know, where you can see pe- pe- people are like engaged and, and, and they're intrigued and they they're fascinated. And that I feel like that's kind of always been me. So, so that was my first job. So 14, 14 years old, in the, kiosk, 14, in the middle of a mall, 14 kiosk, middle of the mall. And then um, wait, I... <laughs> so, so listen, 14, you're doing your thing, right? The purpose of the show is take you back to before you were Mac Daddy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, first of all, let's go off track. Why is your name Mac Daddy? Wait, we have to get to that after. Okay, cool. Because I'm, I'm 14 right now. I'm 14 <laughs> in the middle of the mall. I'm 14 in the middle of the mall in the kiosk. I'm trying, I'm trying to go there. In the there. kiosk, all right. Um, but yeah, so I, I totally forgot the original question, you guys. What was the original question? Someone please I mean, give me some point, guidance here. Dude, what was the original question? It. I'm being dead serious. 
It was, you don't where, even listen, it was where you're from. It was where you're was from. That, is it where I'm yes, from? Yes. Like How was, did I end up at the mall? You telling me. <laughs> what is going on? Where you're from? I grew up in Riverside wow. in the hood. And then okay. you're you walking in the mall. Walking and then the someone mall. said, I like Why your look. Why am I talking about my job at the you, mall? I have no idea. <laughs> We're still at the mall. We're still at the mall. Okay, so are you at least the best seller at the mall? Like, what the hell? I don't even know what the purpose of me talking about me working at the mall was. <laughs> <laughs> what was the purpose, Andrew? When did you get into makeup? Wait, no, I feel like there was a reason why I started yeah. talking about me working at the mall. You asked me something, Julian. No, you guys, he asked me something. I, I did not ask you. No, yes, something. you did. You guys, what was the question? Going your first job. No, no. You asked me something. You said you grew up in the hood, then no, you were working at the mall. No, there was something that you asked me. No, 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 Julian. You asked me something. I, you said I'm something. I'm confused because I remember. Julian, I will rewind the tape. <laughs> but how did you get into makeup? So, working at the mall, um, I was literally at the kiosk. I was um, the definition of what you call a mall rat, where I literally had friends at like every store at every kiosk. I don't think I ever paid full price for anything anywhere. I mean, I literally remember like we would be closing the kiosk and then the people that worked at Miss Fields, which is the cookie store, uh, at the end of the night, like they would literally like have to throw away all the cookies that they like have left. And they'll just give it to you? So they would just come through every night. The cookie monster. <laughs> and they would just give me like a big ass fucking bag of cookies and just cause they liked me. And so I just was like really, really cool with everyone. And I made friends with people at Nordstrom which is a department store. Of course. And um, I remember they were like, you know, are you are you like, are you looking for another job? Like we're hiring, da da da. And I was just kind of like, I mean, I I guess like I didn't, I, I never really thought of like kind of my next move. It just kind of always happened. And they were like, you know, we're hiring. You should totally apply. So I remember going on the website. I applied for a job in cosmetics, and specifically, I noticed that the matte counter was hiring, which. You know, back then, MAC was like the end-all, be-all when it came to like makeup. Like if you were a makeup artist and you worked there, it was kind of like that stamp of approval that you were like either really good or just like a really great artist. And like, you know, they got paid really, really, really well um, back then for like what the, what the job was and working at a department store. And it was like a really big deal. And I had a few friends that worked at MAC, not at that, the mall that I worked at, but in other places. And I just remember them just always just making it seem like their job was like incredible and amazing and so much fun and I've always been super creative so I liked the fact that it was a very creative kind of like environment and they just really celebrated like uniqueness and individuality and that was kind of what really drew me to the brand. But did you have like a history of no, makeup at no, all? No, I didn't, I didn't. So you just took this job without I, any experience? No, no, no. So I was intrigued and I wanted to apply for the job and I did and I applied and I interviewed and I didn't get it. And why is that? I, I just, cause I had no experience. I like didn't know like anything. So I didn't get the job, but again, the people that worked there in cosmetics, they liked me so much that they were like, hey, you know what? Like, I know that it didn't work out for you to work at this counter specifically, but we have a new position that we're making available in the cosmetics department. Um, back then they called it a rover. And what essentially what it was is like, anyone that was like going on maternity leave or vacation time or like people you, that would you call just off, like, I would just fill in. Like okay. that was literally the job. So. I'm so glad that it happened that way because it gave me the opportunity to 
kind of just get my hands on like different products, different brands. Like, and again, this is before Instagram. This is before beauty influencer was even a thing, you know? Of course. And um, it gave me the opportunity to just be, familiarize myself with a lot of different brands and different products and different people. And I worked there for like a few years. And I just remember like, it was just a really, really cool job because I got to like, meet people every day and talk to people every day. You know you're like my, low-key like my therapist. I, we every, had our every, moment. Every, we time, had our every moment. time I get a haircut. We had our moment. And you're like always my therapist. And it's kind of like that when you're a makeup artist and when you work in beauty and you work in cosmetics. Like, but how do you just get a job? women come into the, to Nordstrom to buy product, but essentially they just want to sit there and Oh, and then talk, talk to you and talk, and, yeah. and, and, and talk and to you about their problems while you sell them product. And session. then, you know, it's just kind of, you know, but, you know what yeah, it is. But like without any experience of makeup, how is it, I how just, do you just become a rover? Like, let's say someone like I was just, on maternity I, leave. I literally just figured it out. Like, I literally just took the job and I just figured it out. Like, I would ask, I would watch how did people you prepare? me. Okay. I would like, you know, ask questions. Like, there was training, obviously, that was like, involved in different brands would like send in people to like train me on product and like how to use the product and of course. you know you kind of just slowly just kind of start to like teach yourself how to do things from what you're seeing and just your environment so because at this time there wasn't a lot of tutorials on how to do i mean there was i was watching stuff on like youtube youtube was definitely a thing but it was more just kind of like figuring it out on the job and teaching myself just different things so after i was there I ended up um, interviewing again. I probably interviewed maybe like, I don't even remember, like five different times to work at Mac. And then I think like the sixth or the seventh time, and this is after me being there in my position in cosmetics at Nordstrom for a few years, I finally got my dream job at Mac. And I remember it was a different Mac location at a different location. So I ended up leaving that store and started my job at Mac at a different mall. And this was kind of like at the beginning of like Instagram and when it took off. And I remember, you know, I got my job at Mac. I was like super excited because it was like the first time that I ever felt like I could really be myself with like how I wanted to look, what I wanted to wear, if I wanted to wear makeup or not. Like it, they literally were all about like individuality, creativity, self-expression. Like they like that. Like they thrived off of that I think, culture. You know, uh, I don't want to turn, but I think when it comes to like creativity, we need repetitions, right? Yeah. Like for me, my kind of like a guinea pig was my grandfather when I was cut his hair. Mm -hmm. Who was yours? Um, definitely like my mom. You know, I I grew up in a household of like all women after my parents divorced. It was like my mom, my aunt, and my cousin. We all lived together. And I was just always around women. And, and Hispanic women are always very like into beauty. And from my yeah, experiences, they like they are very much about getting their hair done, their nails done, like the makeup, the skincare. So I, w I was always around beauty. And I always just saw how it was very uplifting for them and it made them feel good because they looked good. So I was always subconsciously around it. Um, so when I got that job, it, it was kind of natural to me in the sense of like, just feeling like I was, I've, I've been here before, like I've seen this before kind of vibe. Of course. Um, so I ended up getting the job there and this is when Instagram was on the brink. And I remember one of my coworkers was like, hey, you should totally download this app. And I honestly thought it was just like an app for filters. Um, this was back then where like- What year was this? Where like collages were cool. Do you guys yeah. remember when collages were cool? 
Like you would literally when pick Instagram stitch, came out, you would like pick stitch like six food. photos, and it was like cute, and like now it's just like gross. <laughs> um, so I thought it was just like an app for filters, and I downloaded the app, and I just kind of started posting photos like before and afters of like people that I, like would come in, and I would do their makeup, or you know I'd post photos of myself and the makeup looks that I would do, and it just like slowly started just growing, and I had no clue what was going on. I had no clue that it was like becoming a thing. I think to, at, at that point, like the most social media that I had was like Facebook. And this yeah. was Facebook post in, uh, Facebook post MySpace. Cause I feel like Facebook post MySpace is very different than what Facebook is now. Oh, so yeah. if you are my age or around my age, you, you know what I'm talking about. But it was very much like Facebook post MySpace. And that was kind of like the only social media that I, I had. But back then on Facebook, like you could only have like, I think like 3,500 friends or something like that. Do you what guys remember it? that? Yeah, of course. Like there was like a cap on like how many people you could follow like on Facebook. But this is the beginning of time. When you made your Instagram, was it already named Mac Daddy? It wasn't. What was it? I don't even remember. I think it was like A, I think it was like a Marino 7, something like that. So why and Mac Daddy? My page ended up getting deleted um, oh. for some reason. I don't, I really don't remember why. Um, but the name Mac Daddy came after my page got deleted. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do another one. I really don't even know why it got deleted, but it got deleted. And when I was trying to figure out what I was going to make my new username, uh, we were closing at the counter and I turned on the music cause we have music at the counter and there was this song that came on. It was like an eighties or like a seventies song. Is it Return of the Mac? No, 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 no. It was oh. not Return of the Mac, but it, it's a song that says like Mac Daddy, Mac Daddy, Mac Daddy, Mac Daddy, something. Um, and I just thought it just kind of went like, I worked at the Mac counter. So that's kind of like the tie into the name Mac. And then with like the word daddy, I kind of like how it was kind of like Mac daddy and kind of like what that means when you're like a Mac. But like, I kind of felt like <laughs> I was like the Mac daddy of like makeup. So it kind of turned into this, like, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it was kind of like, I was like the Mac of makeup but I worked at Mac, so it was like a play on words, but like, anyway, that's where it came from. Yeah. And when I did that, I didn't think it was gonna honestly- Catch on. Be what, it, what it's turned into. I just yeah. thought it was like a fun, cool little like, I mean, my fucking AIM name when I had AIM on America Online was like Latin Lover 26 or something. <laughs> and it's like, who the fuck names themselves Latin Lover 26? Like, who the, who the fuck names themselves Mac Daddy? But I just, you know, I just had no clue what this was. So I was like, whatever. I kind of like the Latin whatever. Lover. Ew, uh, no. Did you have AIM? I didn't have AIM, no, but I had MySpace. I you're younger. Anyway, Instagram name was Mac Daddy, but I just, you know, I was just like, cool, whatever, this is the name. And then slowly but surely, it just like started growing and growing and growing. And this is like back, back, back in the beginning of Instagram where there was a thing called the popular page. And when Which is now the explore page. Which is now the explore page, which is a whole different whole situation anyway. But back then, if you posted like a photo that people engaged with like right away, like it got a lot of likes and a lot of comments like right away, it would shoot the photo to this place on Instagram called the popular page. And it was basically kind of like a trending, like what's trending, like what's hot. Like if you think of like Twitter oh, and yeah. like hashtags that are trending, it's basically it's like going when, people, when people are talking about that or engaging in something. Um, what was the photo? It was always photos of like befores and afters. So I would do like before doing someone's makeup and after, and I would pick stitch it in a collage like side by side. 
and I would literally text overlay gross, ill. But I would put a giant text over the photo that said before and then after. after. And then I would watermark it with my Instagram name. Like some, it was just so gross. I would never do that now. But that's what it was. And I think people were just fascinated by like what makeup does. You know what I mean? Like we all know that like makeup is very transformative. Not only what it looks like physically, but also what it makes you feel like. You know, people contour and people highlight and people do all these things and it, it, you literally can change like your fucking face shape. You know what I mean? Like I do it all the time. That's why people always make jokes about people, you know, catfishing, you know, because if you're, you're meeting someone with like a full face of makeup and their eyebrows filled in and lashes and they're contoured and their lips are overdrawn and they, they look a certain way and it all comes off and you're like, wait, Catfish. <laughs> you're not the same bitch, yeah. you know? Um, so, I'm <laughs> guilty of that. I, I do that. So have you, catfish, catfish. have you catfished before? Have you catfished before? Be Honestly, honest. Be honest. Andrew, have I catfished before? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I probably am guilty of the catfish, but... That's what makeup does, you know? So I think people definitely were like, wow, this is cool, like the transformations. And yeah. it just it just really just kind of grew. And again, this was at the beginning of like social media as we know it now with Instagram. And I think it was just a, a way for people to like find common interests. So I'm gonna follow this person because I love makeup. I'm gonna follow this person because I wanna learn how to do my makeup or I wanna know more about makeup. And that's kind of how it grew. And I really saw the rise of what it did with beauty and just professions in general. Like now you can say like you're an influencer and it's an actual job, you know, brands pay you to talk about things. Back then that, that was never anything, you know what I mean? It was like the only way to really make it in my opinion back then was like through traditional avenues. You know, my mom pushed me to go to college because she wanted me to get a degree so that I could be successful. So when I was going to college, because of her and solely because of her, not because I wanted to be there, or I had a desire to be there. Um, it was hard because it was like, I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally. I wasn't in, in, in engaged in anything that I was learning or doing because I just have always been super creative. So when I took the step to like drop out of college and pursue a career in makeup, it was really hard for her to be okay with that because again, all she knows and all, and all people are used to is these traditional ways to be successful. Yeah, how old were you when you decided that, you know what, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop out of college. I'm going to go I was, I was 19. Full-time. You were 19. I was 19, yeah. So you are one year in college. <clears throat> one year in college, yeah. What were you majoring in college? I was just doing general ed, like literally okay. taking like a math class, an English class. like. And the whole time you're juggling trying to be an influencer, per se? Um, no, because this was before that. So I was just trying to, you know, I was working at the show mall. Show your craft. I was just, just working at the mall. Your craft, I was just though. working at the mall. I was going to school and um, yeah, so when I when I dropped out and I was like, you know, I want to do makeup, she kind of had a hard time with it. But when Instagram happened and it kind of amplified a lot of creative people, you know, whether it was makeup, whether it was hair, whether it was whatever it was, you know, it just, it just really, to me, in my opinion, created a really awesome moment for a lot of creative professions that weren't traditionally lucrative in the past. So, you know, back then, you know, the, the, as good as it got was working at a counter at a department store doing makeup. Now through platforms like, you know, Instagram. You don't even have to work. You don't even have to do that. Yeah. You know, people can find you and book you for things or celebrities can find you or, you know, production can find you. And that's kind of what started to happen. 
celebs would like, you know, message me and say like, hey, like, are you available to do my makeup and blah, 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 blah. And then I slowly started to work with like different celebrities. I worked on like different production jobs for different shows. And it just kind of really opened me to this whole other world of like, wow, I don't necessarily have to work for a company. I can kind of work for myself. And when that happened, that was also like a really kind of pivotal moment in my life because it was the that battle of like security and, and knowing that this is what I'm making every single week by showing up to this job versus I'm gonna go out on my own and freelance and become a freelance makeup artist and potentially I could do well, but it's not guaranteed. So it's kind of like, what do you do, you know? Oh, it's just taking the risk. Right, and at the same time though, like Mac was my dream job. It was where I wanted to be. So it was kind of like, do I stay here or do I take the leap of faith and, and how move were you, forward with how this? How old were you when you took the leap of faith? I was, this was 2003 going into 2014. So I was 23 years old. 23 and I quit my job I quit my job um, my last day at work <clears throat> was literally December 31st 2013 I was 23 years old and I quit my job because I was just getting a lot of opportunities outside of working at math also you're already doing projects yeah at this point I mean we're, we're talking about like four years into working at Mac we're talking about like Instagram at this point has already taken off and I have a platform. How many followers do you think you had at this time? Dude, back then I think it was like 300,000 and it was like back That's, then 300,000 was like... almost a million. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? 300,000 back then was like a lot. But, okay. So there was when, a moment where you when, went when viral. When I hit like 50K, it was like, <laughs> bitch, what? <laughs> Who do you like, think you are? I'm like the president. <laughs> you know, that's literally what it felt like back then. <laughs> Obviously now it's like, you know, yeah. it happens but, overnight. But there for has some to people, be a but... moment when you work with this, I guess, celebrity client, right? Mm -hmm. And it popped for you. Yeah. Who was it? Christina Milian. Uh, she was my first celebrity ever. And I met her through an event that I got invited for because of my following. And we met, we connected, we bonded. She was super cool. The next week, her assistant was sending me an email like, hey, are you available? She's do she's shooting, um, it was my first production job ever. It was Celebrity Holiday Homes for HGTV. Wow. And it was my first time doing a celeb production, anything. Mind you, I'm used to working at a makeup counter yeah. where everything is there. And then the, the client shows up, the client shows up. Set, yeah, you know, the, the client shows up, you do what you do, but like, it's different when you're working on set and it was my first time. Yeah. And I just remember being so nervous, like just didn't know like what to expect. And it was definitely not what I was used to. Of course. You know. Take us back to that moment. Cause a lot of our viewers are gonna try to relate to that moment. Yeah. Like let's say you have a big day, mm -hmm. your first shoot. What did you do that night before? I mean, I literally called every single person that I knew that I had met through working at Mac that I knew had worked on set to some capacity. And I was just asking like, what do I bring? What's like protocol? What's like, you know, what should I do on a sanitary perspective? What should I do on like on a setup perspective? Like how do I prep? Um, I studied a lot of her photos too, as far as like Been how, there before. like how like she normally does her makeup. Does she wear eyeliner? Does she not? Does she wear lashes? Does she not? Does she like blush? Does she like, what is she like? What does she normally look like? And I just remember just literally packing every single fucking piece of makeup product that I had in my house and I showed up and it was a really really like intense environment because working on set when you have like a whole crew setting up lighting and cameras and this and that and then you do something and then someone's asking you like actually she looks too shiny can you matter it just it's just a lot to take in 
um, in that environment, especially if you're not used to it. And I remember I had a moment of like, I turned around to my makeup where I had laid out my makeup and I literally had to like breathe and tell myself like, you got this, just, just, just push through, you got this. And the, the crazy part is she never said anything as far as like, I love, I love my makeup, you know? Normally when you do someone's makeup, they look in the mirror and they're like, oh my God, I love it. Of course. But she was just very like, Nonchalant. Yeah. And first time you're expecting a reaction. Yeah. And you know, she does this every day. So she's just used to this. And it wasn't until the end of day where she said, thank you. You did such a great job. I loved my makeup. And then at the end of the day, I finally was like, wow, I can breathe. Like, I think she (laughs) liked it, you know? And from there, uh, I just kept working with her. They kept booking me for stuff. And that that was definitely that turning point that opened the doors for me with you know, I made connections with someone on set that day that worked for production. The following month, they hit me up and were like, hey, we're shooting this other show. We need a makeup artist on set. Are you available? And it, like, that's when like the whole idea of like, networking really came into fruition for me and understanding what that was and connecting with people every single time I went on set because I just never knew what opportunities can come from meeting someone or a referral or whatever. And it just kind of slowly just kind of started growing and growing and growing and growing until I got to the point where I was like, I either am going to stay at my day job and have to miss out on all of these opportunities because I can't make myself available or I'm going to quit my job and make myself available for all of these opportunities that I hope are going to be there and that I hope are going to be consistent because it's gonna be up to me and up to those opportunities to pay my bills and, and you know, provide the life that I want. Well, uh, what were you doing in between? So you said it took about a month for them to hit you back up. Mm-hmm. And assuming that you already left Mac around this time. Well, that, right. that, that was when I was trying to figure it out and then I ended up leaving. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I'm just gonna take this opportunity. I'm just gonna run with it. I'm gonna believe in myself and take it. And that's what I did. So you're pretty and... much booked up for the most, most of the days and throughout the week. Working at Mac? No, not working at Mac, but oh, like, like freelancing? For, you to, for you to decide, you know what? I'm going to leave Mac and then, you know, I'm going to do this full time. Like, I mean, yeah, I was definitely like presented with a lot of opportunities that I didn't want to miss. Wow. So I was like, I just, you know, I need to take this. I need to just, just do it. And I did. And it just ended up working out. Like it ended up working itself out. Um, and... I just managed to stay busy. You know, I managed to find consistent work and always just work on set or work on a celebrity or work on just a a normal person that was booking me to do makeup for a wedding or whatever it was. And I just saved money. I was just saving money. I was working, saving money. Um, I was living in Riverside at the time too. So I was driving to LA a lot. Um, And that was hard. That was really, really hard. Um, I'll never forget it. I did one season of Braxton Family, Braxton Family Values for WeTV. And our call time was 8 a.m. every morning in Agora Hills, which is literally past Woodland Hills. And I was living in Riverside and call time was 8 a.m. And we wouldn't rap until like 10 or 11. So I would literally rap on set at like 10 or 11. Wouldn't make it to Riverside until like 1. Would literally sleep for like four or five hours until I had to like literally get up and go back. Yeah. It was horrible. But that's what it's about though. But it's what it took, you know what I mean? It's what it took. Um, Because when you work on production jobs, like a lot of the times if it's like they're filming a season of something, you know that it's like, all right, I'm booked for the next 
four or five weeks while they're shooting the season or while they're shooting whatever, whatever, um, until it's your next job. So it just, it's kind of like what it took and it was definitely like ups and downs, like being busy and then being not busy. And in the times where I was not busy, that's where I was investing my time in doing stuff for Instagram and doing makeup Perfect. looks and doing videos and doing tutorials and doing all of this. And then that started to kind of take off. And then it got to a point where that was doing better and, 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 and providing more for me than working with clients and working with celebs because now brands are paying me to create you know these types of videos and stuff like that but I so, have to show up on set exactly yeah pretty so much it, the definition of a freelancer yeah right yeah so it kind of just enabled you know my career in a lot of different ways so eventually you know once I kind of was simultaneously doing both you know you kind of hit that wall again where you're like okay now am I going to continue to be on this end of the spectrum and work on set and do all of this and freelance or do I want to put more of my energy into being the influencer and creating this type of content and doing videos and doing tutorials and you know that was a kind of another pivotal moment where I was kind of like this is what I want to do I should I should do this now and I kind of put a lot of energy into that and it's evolved into what it's what it is now. Do you, you know? think that being a man that does makeup gave you an advantage when you were stepping into this makeup scene? Um, I would say like yes and no. I would say yes in the sense of, you know, I've always felt like men in the beauty space um, is like a like a double-ended sword because on one end, I feel like women love the whole like gay best friend like i'm going to trust a gay man to tell me because there's also a man you know uh, yeah versus trusting actual women so i think like that was something that was to my advantage but then also in the same in the same context it's kind of like it's a women dominated industry so then you kind of run into the opposite end of that so which like i don't trust you right so it, it was tricky you know it was it's very tricky to navigate but i feel like now though it's so normalized that yeah definitely now it's way normalized but you know back then it was like not like i literally i i think it's so fascinating to me now to know that there's literally like 12 13 year old boys that will go to school in a full face of makeup with a crop top and acrylic nails. Do you would get bullied for that back in the day? Oh my God, are you kidding me? When I was going to school in high school, there was two other openly gay dudes in my high school and I saw how they got ridiculed every single day. So I just- You didn't come I out? Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come out because I didn't want that for myself. So it's really cool to see like how much things have changed, how society has just become so accepting and how things have become so normalized. And I feel to some capacity, and I take pride in this, in feeling like me being that. brave and, and putting myself out there when it was, you know, in the very beginning kind of, of that, you know, like I feel like I, I helped to some capacity pave the way when it comes to that. Because when I was doing this, when Instagram started, no one was doing this, you know what I mean? I would get crazy comments every single day about like people not being okay with what I was doing and what I was posting and how I was looking. Um, but I was able to just kind of push through that because I knew that it wasn't about the negative, it was about the positive and what that was doing, not only for other people, but for me. And fast forward, now it's become so normalized and now it's become an actual legitimate career and it's become an actual legitimate industry and I've managed to 
obtain all of these things and, and have all of these amazing experiences um, because of that and that passion that I had and how I just allowed it to just continue to, to, to help me grow and learn and yeah. now having like a brand and just being in this different place in my life and yeah, I mean, being able to, to be here and, and this is my space and my yeah, office yeah. and my studio and just We're like all these right things. Now. Yeah, and you this know? is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I feel so like, it's really cool to just okay, kind of yeah, Not a lot of people will see it. like the process, like, you know, throughout your moments when you were trying to come up the ladder, yeah. you know, obviously you had a lot of hate, right? Yeah. What do you do when people tell you a negative energy and like, you know, for the people watching this, yeah. what's the advice you would give them? You know, I'm not going to lie and say that like it doesn't get to you or that it's easy to just let things roll off your back because it's not. Um, but I do feel like you just kind of you, you got to just stay focused. And I always say, like, keep your eyes on the prize. And whenever I am feeling discouraged or feeling like something is affecting me in a negative way, I just try to remember, like, what is the purpose of what I'm doing and what is the reason? And it always outweighs anything negative or anything bad, you know? For me, my purpose, I've always felt like I was put into this world to inspire people and to just be like a testament of, you know, someone with a dream and passion and working hard and making things happen for yourself and not letting, not just waiting for things to happen, but for to literally make things happen for yourself. And I kind of have always just wanted to inspire and motivate people. So I feel like that's a, a huge driver for me. And I think like furthermore, dissecting a little bit more, kind of the, the, the fact that I didn't really have anyone to talk to when I was young about what I was experiencing, what I was going through and being gay and being Hispanic and, you know, feeling all these, the all these hood, pressures. Bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. And especially, you know. Living in the hood and coming out. Yeah, grow, it, growing up in fear. For that. Yeah, growing up in fear and all these things and like, now for me like the visibility piece of it is so important like the fact that like there could be another little five six seven year old little like gay latin kid that's walking into sephora with his mom and they're able to literally see a photo of me yes. on the gondola and yeah. feel like wow i'm seen or wow like that person looks like me or wow like if this if this is here like i can accomplish that too like that is what motivates me and drives me and what makes all of the negative that comes with it, um, worth it. Because obviously, again, it's a female dominated space. It is very much, you know, still, we still have a long way to go when it comes to just the concept of men and beauty or, you know, just all of that in general. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's about what I'm doing now to contribute to move the mark so that, you know, when I'm older and I have kids and I'm leaving them here on this planet Earth, you know, when I'm not here anymore, like, what what does that look like for them and to me that's what what drives me and, and allows me to push through all of the negative and and all of the, the 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 bad things that come with you know being your authentic self and and being fearless in that sense wow yeah that was that was deep that was deep right oh my there God. <laughs> no. i need a shot <laughs> so you know you're coming up what mm -hmm. do you think was like the biggest and actually, moment. Th what the hell do you want? Wait, 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 what do you wait, want wait, 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 wait. I have a question for you. I'm the host. I don't care. I have a question for you. Because you actually have a little human that you're leaving behind. 
yeah. in this world. So I know yeah. that that's a huge part of why you're even and this, doing this. This is why the show was made. Yeah. This is why the show was made. And that's why we even yeah. made. Exactly. Lab, we just shot for gyms for kids I know. with autism. I know. And not a lot of gyms actually offer that service. I know. And that's I why know. we're doing this. Yeah. And but that's what I'm saying. It's like, for, I'm sure to some capacity, like your driving force is, oh, yeah. you know, that and creating a better world for for your your, your little your son. one. Shout yeah. out to Jeremiah, by the hey. way. He Which I still two. haven't met. He just turned two. I just Angel is toxic, man. He's, he's just. <laughs> I've literally been telling Julian I need to meet your son. He's gonna turn it into a poster boy, man. And I'm scared. I gotta. I gotta make yeah. sure he's wearing Gucci from yeah. head to toe. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But going off track, uh, what do you, what do you think was the moment when you looked at yourself and said, "I'm that guy." You know, I, I get asked that question a lot, like, what was the moment when you realized you made it or like, whatever, whatever. I kind of feel like for me, it's like, I have those moments of reassurance along the way, but I... Hold on, second your upper lip real quick before we, I want to cut your lip off. Don't fuck me up. I know, I'm not going to fuck you up. I've done it before. Not on camera. There you go. Okay. Um, I feel like I've had those moments of reassurance along the way, but I don't think I've reached that like moment of really feeling like this is my peak or I've or, or like I've made it. Like I feel like I, I know that I I'm doing well for myself. Um, and I've had these moments, like these like milestone accomplishments that mean a lot to me that are Almost like a, what is it called when you're like in, um, when you're like a boy scout and you get your little badges? Like what is, what like, is that called? When you get your little, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like mean. the little cosign. Yeah, like I've had those moments in my life along the way, but I definitely, I, there's I more to come. Yeah, That's yeah. I feel like there's so much more that I still have left to do. So, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've fully had. Of course. That. So we can switch that question up a little bit. What was one of the best moments you had so far? Um, if you could choose one off the top of your head. There's two. Um, just one. I just want one. Just one? Okay. I'll give you one. <laughs> this is actually Ted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think for me, it was it, it's more of like a, a personal thing for me. It was definitely like um, when my mom verbally said to me that she was proud of me and that she felt like I, like she felt, how can I, how can I put it? She basically expressed to me that she felt like I was gonna be okay. And I think that, especially in a Hispanic household, you know, my, your, your they parents- They baby you until you're like 30, Well, not just, not, not just that, but like, you know, my mom migrated to this country when she was like 14, literally working in a sweatshop, you know, sewing clothes. You know, also your mom can sew. Yeah, my mom can so sew. You think I could hire her to like do uh, make you another cape? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which got me wrong, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I feel like for 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 her, it's about the the security and and feeling like you know when when I'm no longer on this earth, my son is going to be fine. And I, I think like as her son, and especially culturally, like. That's kind of what you work for. You want you want to give your parents that that feeling the of relief. like of, of relief and and know that they're proud of you and know that you did good. And I think when she verbally when we had that conversation and she verbally said to me, "I am proud of you. I know that once I'm no longer here, you are going to be fine." Wow. 
Um, I think that's to me when I, I had that moment because that's kind of all I've ever really wanted and everything else has just kind of just been like... So what, what was tied with the that? The icing on Dang, top. Dang, what was like the other one? Because now I'm curious because that was... <laughs> Well, the other one was just the other one was just more on like an, on like an, I guess like on a business perspective, Milestone like way. yeah, like launching in Sephora um, yeah. when they when we got that email and they're like, hey, we've been looking at you and what you're doing and we love your stuff and we've literally have ordered your product and we want to take a meeting, you know, having like a company and a brand like Sephora, which is one of the biggest global beauty retailers come to you and say we want you like that that was a huge you know cosign and milestone for me as far as yeah. you know my brand and my business i'm not because... gonna lie like when i go to sephora i i, I don't have to go shopping <laughs> i just have to go to see your face like i think i think i, I tagged you before my whole ass <laughs> catfish face i can i can literally be at sephora next to the gondola and people wouldn't even know it's me because i'm such a catfish <laughs> <laughs> and then and then pre-haircut you, you don't I, have the haircut yeah you don't have the haircut yeah. to a sephora pre-haircut no one's even looking have like you ever it. walked into sephora and it's like oh my gosh like it's mac daddy or you ever been where like no one noticed you um, no we, one noticed him in New York. We actually or? just no. We actually just recently went to New York. It was Andrew's was, first time. I was there. You were there. I was there. You were there. <laughs> oh, we got so. Wait, big. did you go with us to Sephora? I didn't go to. We did to Sephora. But it was Andrew's first time there. Andrew's my assistant. Andrew's first time in Sephora. First time. No, first time in New York. Oh, New York. Yeah, and yeah. all of the years that we've been working together, he had never been. So I was like, I need to take you. So I was doing this job, and we went, and he had never been to Times Square, and we literally pulled up to Times Square. We went to the Sephora store. And it was like huge, just like a huge, like state of the art, crazy Sephora. I went, I went, I went just to check it out, just and, to see your face. Yeah. yeah, and everyone was freaking out. It was super cool. Oh, you but, were just signing autographs and just no, but I mean, I was meeting and greeting photos. Daddy, you know, what? how do you feel when people approach you and they take pictures with you? I think it's cool. I think it's cool because you know when you're on social media and you're seeing the comments. You know, you just read someone's username, you just read the comment, you take a peek at the photo. But to me, like meeting people in person and, and having that tangible moment a with genuine, someone that I know yeah. is like a follower and a supporter. And my favorite is when I meet people and they're like, oh my God, like I bought your lipstick and I used it for my wedding or I have your palette and it's my favorite. I use it every day. Like yeah. that's that's to me when it's like really, really, really special because it's like, you know, again, like on a day to day when I'm here and we're I'm seeing the orders come through on a daily basis. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. you're just packing. It's just, it's ready. just yeah. going. But when you see that, when you see it and it's tangible and you have that interaction, like it's really cool. You know, it's really, really cool because, you know, the world has changed so much. Um, retail and just shopping experiences have changed so much. Everyone's buying you don't go online. Shopping and, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like cool. the old you that was a mall. The old me that yeah. was at the mall begging people it to wouldn't stop exist. so that I, I could sell them something. <laughs> Like it's so 360, so 180. Yeah. Uh, what I'm doing now, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's cool to have that tangible moment because I never knew you know, that you were like that big of a deal when we were having breakfast. And I remember this is during oh, COVID. Oh, we were at the Ace Hotel. Yes. Yeah. So listen, this was during COVID, so we had to eat outside, right? And we're eating on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. And Angel was telling me, he's like, "Why are you working here? Like." I need you to get your own studio. You have everything you need, mm -hmm. and this and that. And I'm drinking. It was, I'm like, it was, it was when you when you were getting ready to leave the barbershop. I, I was five mimosas in. Yeah. And I had more haircuts to go. And I'm just like, you're right, Angel. You're right. And it's such a serious conversation. Yeah. And then people are walking by. Oh my God, it's Mac Daddy. You know. Just and like, I was like, 
And there goes me. There goes me just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh, uh, good times. Yeah. But, you know, now that it's always nice to take you back to before yeah. you were even considered as a face of the culture. Yeah. Right? And I think for you, everyone should have a duty being the face of the culture. Yeah. What's your purpose? I mean, just like I said earlier, it's like definitely like that inspirational piece, you know, and being the example, um, I think especially now with having the platform that I have, I feel a certain social responsibility to talk about certain things. Yeah, especially nowadays. You know? Yeah, especially now. You know, last year was crazy. In. Last year was literally last, crazy. It was a movie. Oh my God, last year, I don't think anyone could have imagined or predicted last yeah. year. I remember literally New Year's Eve, all my friends were like, bitch, 2020 is the our year. year. I'm yeah. turning 30. Like it's da 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 da. It's gonna be amazing. And then, and then 2020 happened. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, like we're locked inside. Do you remember oh, like April? Like I haven't seen you. And are I just you text kidding you? me? It was literally. Do you remember, you guys? Yeah. Crazy story. With Brian, Brian was literally so spooked of oh COVID, goodness. and Brian was getting in my head, and I literally had booked Julie. Let me for let a me tell you guys. Let me tell you this story. Julie let me tell you this story. Call. Can I tell the story? Oh my god! Because it's from my point of view, right? I, I, this is when I used to live in Redondo Beach, and I get booked to do a house call to downtown LA, which is a thirty-five minute drive, and I think it was like midnight. It was literally like it was late. It was late. I had something the next yeah, day. Yeah, it was late. So. Me, I'm like, hell yeah, like I haven't been working at the shop. I want to make some money. Let me drive. I'm driving to downtown. I get there. And Brian Hearns, I love you. But this is all your fault. It was his Listen, fault. So I get there and Brian has his mask on. And he was just like, how many people have you cut today? And you know, me as a businessman, it's like saying like, how's business? You want me to say it's bad? Because it's going to make me look bad. So I'm thinking, so I lied. I said, oh, I did about six to seven haircuts today. And if I could go back in time, I should have oh just said God. one. And Brian's like, that's too many people. This yeah. and that. And then yeah. we're just here. And then I'm spooked. I'm standing like yeah. way on the other side of the counter. And I was like, Julian, <laughs> I was like, don't hate me. I was like, but I'm just going to need you to leave. Yeah. And I made Julian leave. I didn't get a haircut. Because Brian's like, oh my goodness, the shears. Dude, look, and he dude. didn't clean it good enough. If and I could show an example. If I could show an example. Listen, and I literally look, was look, like, look. Brian, but he sprays look. the thing. And he's like, I get no, there. you're going to get COVID. I was scared. I get there and like spray, spray with tools, and they go spray it again. Do the backside, do the whole thing. I was just like, bro, yeah. and I just went, you know no. what? Let me just spray this. Yeah. <laughs> spray and then Brian way. was like, no, like I don't trust it. Like it's there, <laughs> da, da, da. And we made we made you leave. Yeah, I'll never forget it. I paid for yeah. parking too because Circa is like ten dollars oh, for parking. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I get a text like, thanks for coming. I get at least you get to hang out with us. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, but I mean, it was a crazy time. It was it like was crazy. crazy it, it was, was crazy. crazy so, time. you know, with my platform, I feel like I have a certain social responsibility to talk about certain things. Um, and, you know, not only was it like the pandemic and dealing with COVID, but then it was like all of these the social, huge social, social movements, justice, you know, yeah. with like Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. And we live in downtown. So I firsthand was like on my balcony seeing the protests and seeing the fucking... Uh, yeah. What what is it? What are those people called? Not the fire marshals. The people uh, the, uh, 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 with the with not the, the army, not the, the SWAT uh, team. The national guards. The national fucking guard. Yeah. At every fucking corner, uh, their their home base home base yeah. was the convention center across the street from me. So from my balcony, I could literally see all the tanks 
at the convention center. It was just a crazy time yeah. and it was really scary because it, you would never experienced it. Then what made it crazier for me was like the curfews. You can't leave your house past seven, can't get an Uber. And I wasn't driving at the time. Like I couldn't, if, if there was an emergency, I would have not have been able to leave. There was not place. a lot of Ubers. There was, there was nothing yeah. that I could have done. And then everyone's buying everything at the grocery. It was just like a really chaotic time. Yeah. And you know, I felt the need to use my platform to address certain issues, to educate not only myself, but other people. And yeah. just, just try to be as vocal as possible through all of it while trying to be uplifting and motivating because people are losing their jobs left and right. People are like all these things. And it was just such a crazy time. So. I feel like for me now, like with my platform, like yeah. I'm just trying to be as positive as I can, I mean, as you, uplifting as I you can, just had, you know? I feel like for everybody that's in the platform that you are in, everyone's responsible to just know what's going on, mm -hmm. even though it's not your job. Like you could say that, right? But at the same time, yeah. it's good to know because people are listening to you. Yeah. And especially when it's something, you know, as crazy as it's like... It's very sensitive. That's a sensitive Yeah, topic. yeah. But even, I mean, it's, it's just like, and even with like the elections, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and get like being very vocal about like, this is the side that I'm on. This is what I feel is going to get our country out of the situation that yeah. we're in and encouraging people to vote and encouraging people to educate themselves. And is it, you know, is it hard to have an opinion? with your social status? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, on one side of the spectrum, it is kind of like, you wanna stay politically correct to a certain Universally degree. Universally correct, You know, yes. you, people always say, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics. Um, but at a certain point, like that's no -no. responsibility. Yeah, and not only that, but I feel like I pride myself in being very raw and real, and I pride myself in feeling like I'm going to be authentic to everything that I am, which is why you know, I, 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 I was putting on a full face of makeup and posting myself on social media and dealing with all these things and, you know, pushing the boundaries and everything that I was doing. And when it comes to social things, you know, like the election last year, like I felt like I needed to be very vocal about like, you know, if you're su supporting a specific party, not only are you supporting that party, but you're agreeing to all of these things that affect me in a negative way, that affect my direct community, my, all these things. So just, just, just trying to educate people as much as possible and making people as aware as possible. But not to take away that everyone's still entitled to their own Of course, opinion. yeah, 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 of course. Out of respect, but, right? You know, it's kind of like, I think it was definitely a time where you had to across say the board, lines were drawn in the sand, what side are you on? And I feel like exactly. everyone felt that way, you know, from, you know, the elections to social movements, it was very like, you're on this side or you're on this side, and there, there was no in between. You ever had like a backlash moment for having a certain opinion? Um, no, because I feel like people that like follow me or people that identify with me, that see themselves Amazing. in me, can relate to me. Um, so I kind of feel like most of the time it's, it's not really that. I mean, it happens here and there, but you know, I, I know that like, it's, you know, you, you follow and you, you, you listen to people that you identify with, yeah. so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, it's a new year. Um, yeah. I'm feeling super hopeful and inspired these days that it's gonna be a great year. I'm super proud of you with like what you're doing. I'm being serious, like this Thank is you. really cool. Thank like, you. I'm glad we got to do this and that we're, we're doing this together because I know what it means to you. And I know like, you know, even if it's like, one person that watches this and we're able to 
change their mentality and and and, yeah. and that changes their life and gets them on the right track then that's what it's about you know um like, that's kind of what it's I made, always been I about made this for me. show just to give people a formula on how to make it but yeah. also to keep people inspired yeah so for you like there's people out here that are watching that want to be a makeup artist to get to the level that you're at mm -hmm. what's an advice you could give them um a few different things i definitely say like when you're in a creative profession whether it's hair whether it's makeup whether it's a fashion designer um it's all about or barber, or barber. i was thinking he was a hairstylist i don't know why i think i am a hairstylist i was really um, good on that but i feel like a you have to always stay diligent on working and perfecting your craft things always evolve and change trends change if you're in the beauty space you know that makeup trends change hair trends change fashion trends change you have to be able to always adapt and evolve and pivot to the change welcome the change be okay with change but or create a again, change or, or create it yeah, yeah or create it but just kind of always be open to that always you know work on what it is that you do and then i think too just kind of always remember why why you started like yeah. what it what is the purpose of what you're doing and i think that when you have purpose and you have drive and you're passionate and you're willing to put in the work then no matter what it is that you want to do like it's going to happen yeah. because that is the formula like to me the you biggest know? turn off because people especially with covid and a lot of people don't have mm -hmm. much money they, the first thing they ask me as a barber mm -hmm. is like how much are you getting paid? Because I want to get into that. Mm -hmm. And the moment they tell me that, I already look at a red flag. Because there's times where yeah. you don't have money, right? So for mm -hmm. you, like there's times where you're not really, I remember you were telling me you, were, you went on tour and it was like a self-funded tour mm -hmm. and you didn't have much money, but you yeah. did have the followers. Yeah. So you did like a showcase. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, it was just about getting creative and just like getting creative with like, all right, like how am I going to make money? Like, what am I going to do? What can I offer? How can I, you know, stimulate some income? And at the time, you know, I wasn't freelancing a lot. But I had left my job. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to teach. I am going to teach people how to do makeup. How many followers did you have around this time? Probably like 400,000. Like it wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. It's still but, a weapon. Yo, yeah, yeah, it was. It definitely was a huge resource for sure. Um, and I was just like, you know, I'm just going to teach. And I just... Uh, my assistant at the time, we, it was just us, and we were like, you know, let's it figure it out. Andrew? It wasn't Andrew. This was pre-Andrew, <laughs> before Andrew's time. And we partnered with the West End, and we basically booked conference rooms at the West End across the U.S. We did 12 different cities, and we were selling tickets to the seminar for like 100 bucks. How much money did you have around this time? How if much money? How much money did you have around this time? I, ha I had no money. I had no money because yeah. I was literally, live like, as a freelancer, I was, it was like, I, 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 yeah, I yeah. would like work and I'd get paid from that job. And what sucks, people don't know about like production jobs is you don't get paid right away. No, you get paid like, 30, 30 days 30, later, 60, 60 days yeah. later. Sometimes if you're lucky, you have to hound these companies to pay you because it, that's just the way that it is. But, um, you know, I, I was pretty much living that like paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. And when I did the set, like the, the tour and I was doing the seminars, I was charging like $100 a pop booking like conference rooms for like 50 people, you know, just kind of hoping that it would How work out. How many people out. did you expect you were going to have? 
Um, I mean, I ended up selling out pretty much every every stop that I did, but it was wow. only like 50 people. It was like super intimate, but it definitely was a great like jump start to. It gave you a lot of confidence. Yeah, it, it it gave me a great jump start to be able to make you know a significant amount of money right away that I was able to invest towards something that was going to essentially, you know, be my, what provides for me, which is my brand, you know? Yeah. I basically took most of the money that I made from that and put it all towards starting a brand and starting a company. And it was Artist Couture? Yeah. When, how long has Artist Couture been? We, I started the company in 2014. Um, so we are going on seven years now. Wow. Yeah. Seven years. Seven years, yeah. I say though, like unofficially 2018, because I always say the first four years were a huge wash. Lots Why? of learn, just lot, lots and lots and lots and lots I've of I've always looked at it as like the first year was kind of like the popping, like, all right, yeah. if it's popping the first year, it's yeah. popping next year. But for uh, four years? Yeah, I think the first four years were a, a huge learning experience for me with just learning about the industry, learning about product, making product, the way that we work with different manufacturers and labs, the way that we should work internally, processes, just what got all it, these what different got things. What got you into making products? Um, well, I had I had the platform, you know, on social media, and I was working with companies and brands, and they would give me these codes, you know, and I'd post something and say, "Oh, use this code and get ten percent off." Mm -hmm. And I'd get reports on like how often my codes were being used. Sometimes I'd make commission off of these codes and stuff like that. But it just really opened my eyes to the fact that like things that I was suggesting and things that I was talking about and using people were actually buying. And then I started to feel like, okay, that should be my product. That be my product. Yeah. But not just that, it, I almost felt like product is an extension of, of something. And, of I, and I felt like with my platform, I wanted to create product that was an extension of me that would make people feel the way that I felt with, with it, you know? So for me, again, growing up, you know, without anyone to talk to and, and always being around beauty subconsciously, like it kind of was my outfit, of my, my outfit. It was my outlet of self-expression, you know? It did give me confidence. It did make me feel more empowered. So I wanted to create product that would in turn do the same for other people. Um, and that was kind of like the inspiration when I started to to create product and, and I wanted to start a brand. Do you still have the first product you've made? Yeah, it's actually still like the bread and butter of our company, which uh. is my uh, loose highlighters. Um, they're called Diamond Glow Powders. Um, what but, inspires you to make these products? You know, I, the, the cool thing is like with being an influencer, I literally get sent so much stuff. I mean, like on a daily basis from every single brand, from skincare to color cosmetics to like just everything. So I get to, you know, pretty much get my hands on everything and experience it. And I, and I, and I so you get to I, find what's lacking, right? I get yeah. to figure out like, I like this, but it could be better if this, or I don't like this, or I hate this, or this is really, really great. And I'm able to really identify like where the gaps are and it, I'm able to create then them. You can create something you know? that's, yeah unique in its own way. Yeah, so it's, it's really cool to be able to to have that piece of it because... As an as an artist, when do you think is the right time to create product? Um, I think it just depends like what the like what the lane is, you know what I mean? Like whether it's like hair or makeup or like whatever it is, but you know, I think that like once you are at a place where you are, you have some type of platform where you can amplify 
some type of something that you can sell, I think that that's when. Yeah, because you don't want to sell something good. that's going to taint your reputation. Yeah, and it, and it has to make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would be like if you wanted to start something super random that had nothing to do with what you do. You know, it's you're a master. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. a master of like what you do, which is hair and being yeah. a barber and all these things. So if you tell me, hey, buy this product because it's going to make your beard grow. I'm gonna trust you and buy that versus and any other person. You know what I mean? So as long as it's like within your lane that you are like the expert in, I think that that's when it really works. Does it matter how much followings you have or? It just depends, honestly. I think it just depends on like- it's almost like asking you like, when is the right time? I think, I don't, I don't even think it's about the right time. I just think it's about the right plan. You know what I mean? Because nice. before people had social media, how were people selling product? How were people getting door -door? retail distribution? Right. Yeah. And, it was some, and in some cases, it was door to door. In some cases, like I remember my mom used to sell like random shit. Like she used to sell these body shapers. And she oh, literally, the, you just yeah, strap on. the little fucking, they, <laughs> to give make you, curvy? they give you curvy with a big booty. <laughs> and the, 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 the selling tactic was she'd host these little parties for her friends. Oh, wow. And it'd be like all the girlfriends would come and they'd have like drinks or tea or whatever. And she shows them everything. And it was like a little, like a little, you know, like a little. Now, a little now I see selling. where you got it from. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's whatever, it's whatever the plan is. I think like that's when you have a good plan, then that's when it's the right time. But you have to make it a point to create a plan for yourself so that you're not just going into something blindly. Like what is going to be your angle? What is going to be your way of getting product to people's hands? You know? All right, let me uh, do your mustache real quick because I do not. And it's so dark in here, but it's all Do you need more light? No, 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 it's good. We're almost there. I can't just. How does it look? Start. Looks good, actually. Doesn't? Yeah. We had to recover from your freaking beard. Because you keep doing your own beard. I don't know why you keep doing that. Oh, no. I always get mad at you, man, because it's like, I come see you after two weeks, and this beard is like this low. I and you're know. telling me that you have a shoot, and I'm just like. I know. Dude, if I had the. I've let it, I let it grow, though, for this. I know. That's why you look extra crazy, but. I felt like it'd make a good before and after. Yeah, that's the thing. Perfecto. Let me get the alcohol. Oh, it always hurts. All right, ready? Ready? You good? Oh yeah, give him the mirror before we spray this. Yay! Ooh. Oh my God, I honestly feel like I am Resurrected. I'm that I feel like I'm resurrected. Told you. You know, to any girls watching this, the best way that I can describe it is having a fresh haircut is like when you get like a fresh weave installed and you just feel the volume and it's just the length and it's just there. That's what it feels like. So when you don't have a haircut, it just doesn't feel like that. I feel like we should go out after this, Andrew. What do you think? What about me? Post breakup turn up? I'm down. You should do it. Are you down? And it's Wednesday? Today's Thursday? <gasps> All right. Today's the hip hop night. Where? Bitch. We're going out. All right. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us on the show, Angel. And now it's time for me to do a Mac Daddy beatdown. Mm -hmm.